I'm not sure if you know this, but Wes is kind of a big deal inside and outside of the game. Plus, the kangaroo court may be in session, but it is certainly not in power. Danny is not about to spend a season feeling like the third most powerful person in a two-person team. Bananas claims he never stabs in the back. Briny fills in as TJ gets inducted. Argentina continues to be an easy target. Zara and Wes prove their position in the game, and Darrell just needs to cut his toenails and take a nap. Then he'll be ready to scheme. Priorities, people. It's the Challenge World Championship Episode 4 Recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow Challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibald. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this Wednesday to continue our coverage of the Challenge World Championships. We're into episode four, and things are cooling off a little, but... It's it's more of like there's just a there's a nice little simmer going on here. Yes, this episode doesn't have quite the level of dramatics of the former two episodes, really, with the John A. Kellyanne, uh, you know, issues going down, conversations that were had and that we all loved and were entertained by. But it's not that it was boring in any way. I feel like it's a true simmer. There's just a lot of setup going on to what could happen down the line. Still plenty, therefore, to discuss and talk about, which we will cover it all here momentarily. Quick programming notes. They're super fast and easy and are not changing really for the foreseeable future. Wednesday afternoons, World Championship recaps will be out. And for the YouTube audience, they will be up regularly on Wednesday now on YouTube as well. Well, I was a little behind in uh, the switching hosting platforms, a bunch of behind the scenes stuff you don't care about or don't really, uh, you know, aren't really excuses. They should have been up before. They weren't. Now all episodes one, two and three are on YouTube and this one will be as well. They will all be posted on Wednesdays and then on Saturdays, Survivor Saturdays with my good friend Paige over on the most likely to feed covering what I think and I guess. So far, maybe the fans in the Survivor community don't think is a good season thus far. Um, so let me know if you've got hot thoughts on Survivor, as well as, as always, anything challenge-related. You can hit me up, slide in the DMs over on Instagram at Challenge Historian. So Survivor on Saturday with Paige on the Most Likely 2 podcast feed, World Championships on Wednesday here right now, exactly what you're listening to at this very moment. So let's get into it. Episode 4, World Championships, as always, story. Storylines first, awards second, power rankings reintroduced along with the predictions to round it out. Here we go. We're going to start this episode not exactly in chronological order. We're going to talk about the daily challenge first and just kind of an assessment of the teams. And then we'll get into the real meat of this episode is basically just talking about where the alliances are starting to shift in a few of the conversations in different dynamics that we see at play. So first and foremost, the daily challenge itself. The Daily is incredibly cool. I absolutely loved it. It seemed both fun, it seemed dangerous, it seemed exciting, it seemed a little bit scary, and it was visually stimulating for an audience, for an entertainment product. All across the board, absolutely fantastic Daily Challenge. 
I cannot believe I am about to be the person that is saying this. The only thing I would maybe have changed, and if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you're you might be a little bit shocked about this following statement. Should it have been in heats? I can't. I'm I'm so I'm I don't love myself right now. I don't even borderline like myself right now for saying these words out loud. I am so anti heats in daily challenges, but yet I saw this one and I'm like it's it's too fast. You know, we get the 10 teams out on the second round and now it's just the three team race and I it, it that was just by design. It's going to how it's going to be. It's this big mix up. I almost, I feel like this one actually would have been one where heats would have been fun where it would have been, you know, four or five teams maybe competing at a time. We actually get to see a few rounds. We actually get to see every team have a chance cuz again, round 2, 10 of the 13 teams get eliminated and it's just cuz it's this massive cluster and, you know, no one really has a shot. It was designed for only a few teams to have a shot with how quick they moved it even on the second round. So we don't actually get a sense of who is necessarily better or at least better at the super physical game out of the entire roster of teams with so many being eliminated so quickly all in one fell swoop. But we do get a sense of the couple teams that stand out and one shout out to Jody and Ben Hop making it to the final three, especially Jody showing that like she still got it on the female side of this when it comes to like, again, this is it's not just that it's a super physical elimination. It takes speed and toughness and like a little bit of wrestling to get this done. But it's also that like you've got to be willing to put yourself on the line like you're you're wrestling, jockeying for position, and you're diving under the thing. So shout out Jody, really showing where she kind of falls in the pecking order on the female side of being able to get something like this done. Her and Ben on make the uh, final three, but then are you know quickly removed after that, and it becomes a one-on-one match between the two teams that I, two of the three teams that I thought would have been the standouts in a situation like this: Wes and Zara, Danny and Tori. The third team that I thought would have been Casey and Ben or Sarah and Theo that like this is really made for the physicality, the not being afraid. And again, it's just it's kind of where I can't believe I'm saying it, but I would have almost enjoyed heats. I think they would have it would have made it even better. But regardless, we got enough time at the Daily Challenge. And when it comes down to those last two. I am yet again wondering the classic Daily Challenge moment where I'm sitting there wondering, wait a minute. What exactly are the rules? Because I feel like we weren't told everything or maybe something is going on here. Because I look at that last one-on-one, Tori and Danny versus Wes and Zara, two-on-two, excuse me. And I feel like if the rules are fully like you can do whatever you want, like you can grab your opponent, you can tackle your opponent, you can do whatever you want, then there would have maybe been a Danny being like, hey, I could grab Wes, but I think Zara's a little faster than you. You could grab Wes, and then there's I can either, you know, knock Zara down if I need to, gently, but if I need to, or if she tries to like hold me, she sees you hold it Wes back, tries to hold me back, like I can get free from her quicker than Wes could get free from you. I feel like the strategy would have been for Tori just to kind of go for Wes, kind of try to pin him and be like, Danny, you gotta be like, <laughs> you gotta really play this gentle. But uh, you could get a little physical with Zara here if needed to make sure that she could doesn't like out sprint you. But 
I feel like they would win this no matter what if maybe Tory wasn't chill with Wes winning, which I feel like, again, I don't know the rules. As always, I'm asking what the rules are. Maybe they weren't actually, like, maybe it was like, hey, it's, you know, kind of nudging with the shoulders, a little stiff arm here, there, pushing. But, like, if you tackle someone, if you knock someone over, if you grab legs, that's DQ or something. Maybe those were in the rules. I don't know. And so it really was, like, kind of leave each other alone and just run for it. Um, but it also feels like, because I don't know the rules, I'm left kind of thinking, did Tori maybe, was she totally chill with Wes winning? Was she and Danny already having this little push-pull going on kind of okay with, like, mm, maybe we don't need to... We don't need to actually come to head yet in who we would pick in the power position. Maybe we let Wes, who is on my side and who has a partner who's willing to do whatever he would like to do with him. Maybe that's how that went down. I don't know. But I'm left from this daily challenge and just where we were at in the game thinking this. These are the teams I think could actually win, which is kind of an incredibly long list. Zara and Wes, Sarah and Theo, Justine and Bananas, Kiki and Darrell, Amber and Troy, Tori and Danny, Kaz and Jordan, Emily, yes, Casey and Ben, John A and Grant. I think all of those teams could win. None of those would shock me. None of those would surprise me. The only two teams I think cannot win, like truly at this point, I'm like, there's no way those two teams win, is Jody and Benna and Kellyanne and Tristan. And I may actually be wrong about Kellyanne and Tristan. Like, they're on the bottom for sure. But, like, the idea that they couldn't win is, I'm like, I don't think, I guess I wouldn't be, like, shocked. So, like, maybe... Maybe even they could. So what I'm really saying is everyone is really good here, and that's really fun, and that's awesome, and that's wonderful And what this season was set up to be. Obviously, I'm not mentioning the one team that goes home this episode. We will talk about Naya and Rodri a little bit later on. But this is an amazing setup, but it's only an amazing setup if the politics follow suit and the strategies get messy, which leads us to topic number two. Let's talk the alliances in the social game that's unfolding before our eyes, which will give us a chance to comment on a few of the most fun moments of the episode and the, the commentary-worthy moments of the episode, starting with the open, which is Wes. Wes loves Wes. Everyone there seems to love Wes or at least be happy to placate Wes, getting to talk about Wes and do his whole Wes thing. Along with that, Wes is extremely self-aware, a point I will come back to momentarily, and is happy to both go along with what he knows, how this will be edited. He knows in his head, he's so smart, he's done this for so long, he knows how the TV side of it works from having been a part of it and also produced some quality content himself over on, you know, the blocks. Uh, I, you know, if you're if you're one of those out there that's like Wes and all of his business stuff, I don't care, I think it's funny, I think it's laughable. You're missing out on a quality reality television program he has put out for free multiple seasons over now, um, which, you know, so shout out to him for that. But he's aware of how this all works and he knows that he's, you know, he wants to talk his business and his personal life and everything with everyone in the game, both because it's the most enjoyable experience in the house and it's good for him socially and politically in the house. And he also knows how that will be made. He knew in advance the montage that we see this episode. He knows that's available to them. He plays it up in the confessionals with it. And yeah, I think I think he just loves it and is both really good at it and it makes sense for the show. It's a great storyline. It's a great character for him to play that is like 75% real and 25% turned up the dial on. And I, it's just fantastic. And it has been fantastic for many seasons in a row. If I was there, I would totally let Wes talk business the entire time. 
the entire time. I'd probably just try to morph myself slowly but surely by the time I get eliminated or he gets eliminated or the season ends, be like, hey, so like I'm like your assistant now, right? Like your chief of staff, even like, you know, I've been like your right hand guy, like talking you through all these decisions while we're here and you're not allowed to call the outside world. I would work for Wes by the end of the season if I if I was on a season with him. I think that's exactly how it would go. He proves, though, that that he does have that self-awareness. And I think in doing so, it also proves that Bananas thinking that Wes, you know, saying out loud that, like, Wes isn't self-aware kind of maybe proves that Bananas isn't, like, as aware of what's going on as maybe he thinks. Because Wes clearly, like, this is all an act for him. And again, just like I said before, it's, it is real. It's who he is, but he also plays the character of Wes on reality television and knowingly plays the character of Wes on reality television. It has a great time doing it. And I have a great time watching it, obviously, but regardless of all that, Wes and bananas are working together and they clearly are also working with Jordan tightly. The three of them seem to be completely impact together with Tori as a part of that. And the four of those, the Bananas, West, Jordan, and Tori, are down to run the whole game together. And I guess when it comes to the three guys, let the best man win in the final. Like, are West, Jordan, and Bananas all just good with, like, yeah, let's the three of us get there together and we see who wins? Which, Bananas, my guy, buddy, Wes and Jordan are going to smoke you. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, regardless of partner, if it was individual, Wes and Jordan would smoke you, and they both have just as good of a partner as you do. Justine is fantastic, but it's not like she's going to tilt the scales in your favor over because Zara and Kaz are, you know, on the opposite side of that next to uh, Wes and Jordan. So I don't think it's the best strategy by Bananas that I've ever seen. Um, I like the strategy from Jordan and Wes, and I think they both believe that the the other one of them is their strongest competition in a final and both have the confidence to be like, but I will beat them and it will look better if I beat Jordan or in Jordan's case, it'll look better if I beat Wes in the final. So we'll see how that works out. But the legends hold the power in the game for the time being because if we just give a quick rundown, teams that the legends have control of, Bananas and Justine, Wes and Zara, Jordan and Kaz, Jody and Benha, Darrell and Kiki, Tori wants to have it, but doesn't yet but, but with Danny. And then the other team I would throw in there is Casey and Ben. We get allusions to this in the next week on, but I think it's already happened that like if push comes to shove, Casey is going to win the argument with Ben over what they should do. So again, Bananas, Justine, West Czar, Casey, Ben, Jordan, Kaz, Jody, Benhot, Darrell, and Kiki. That's six teams plus Tori wants to have it where the legends have total control. The only one where the MVP has control I think is Sarah and Theo. And then again, Danny wants to have it. And ultimately like Theo is definitely in the buddy Alliance with bananas and West and Jordan. But I think he'll bow and be the first one to be like, I'm not, I'm just like having a good time and friends with them. I'm not like in the Alliance with them. So I think Sarah is the only one who can confidently say as an MVP, I have full control of my team. The teams that are up in the air, then Emily and yes, John A and Grant, Amber and Troy, Kellyanne and Tristan, all for different dynamics of those four teams. Neither one has their, you know, for the betterment of the team, they're actually working together and would probably take each person's opinion at value, except for maybe John A and Grant is the only one where I can see being like, 
he kind of let John A do the things at the beginning, but would be the quick one to be like, John A, you got to come over to this side of things or else we're going to start to maybe have the same issues that Tori and Danny are already having before they're in power. So we shall see. But it all leads to Danny and Tori is, you know, the real the real story here. Danny kind of is the story of this episode politically and socially in the house. There's the kangaroo court thing going on, which we'll talk again a little bit later about in predictions. But really, this the focal point is Danny, who wants a partner and doesn't feel like he has a partner, feels like he's the third wheel to Tori and Jordan, who are not partners. But we did get the comment that we commented on a couple episodes ago where Tori out of nowhere was like, if you let Jordan run the final with me or Casey, like it's done. And it's like, wait a minute, what do you who said you're going to get to run a final with them? Who said you're not you're like, do you realize you're Danny's partner? And I get then why Danny, who is playing this fantastically, who's an absolute freaking star who has risen up. Like he was a star on challenge USA loved him. Obviously, if you've been listening at all, you know, huge fan of Danny. He's my number one. He's my ride or die. He's who I'm going for. I loved him on survivor. My first season back watching survivor live in a long time. I then loved him on challenge USA and was rooting for him. He gets the win. I'm continuing to root for this amazing human being, amazing competitor an amazing challenge cast member. Cause he is proving to be an absolute freaking star again this season. And of course he should feel like this. Of course, he should feel like he has a partner that cares about their game more than their ex-fiance's game, who, by the way, called her a terrorist on national television like months prior to this filming. Like, I, I don't know what the air dates, you know, that was only a couple months ago that that episode aired, but also like in when they actually filmed this, it was only a couple months later that Tor- that Tori had Jordan call her a terrorist and go against her wishes on national television, and then two months later, she doesn't care that she has one of the best partners in the game, and they should be set up to like be the front runners of this game. And yet, it, the kind of rekindling with Jordan thing seems to be taking precedence, and that is rubbing her partner the wrong way. We get the conversation with Danny and Bananas, where Bananas inexplicably says that he stabs people in the front, never in the back. Sure, yeah, that's a version of history that I don't remember, but sure, and. They kind of both put it all out on the table, and Danny is not being shy, really, about where he stands in the house of, like, I don't I, I don't want to really go against a couple of the biggest names in the history of the game that are the best at it right now. I'd rather not go against them in the final. I don't know why anyone wants to. I feel like this should be the MVPs taking control, not these small group of legends that always run the game somehow now coming to this game where the format is set up for them not to have a stranglehold and yet automatically right out the gate they have a stranglehold. Like what the fuck is going on? He is doing the bidding of all fans out there who, you know, the vacation alliance that was so maligned for the double agents, spies, lies, and allies into the ride or dies run has just slowly as members of it aren't there. It just picks up new. It feels like bananas and Tori are now like the faces of the vacation alliance and Casey's still there and they're still kind of like just keeping the vacation alliance isn't necessarily a specific people anymore. It's the idea of playing a a game of let's get the best people together and play a very straightforward, simple, and kind of soft game that is also very boring for us fans. And they win it out in this episode. They get it the way they want. 
but not before both Danny has his say and Kellyanne and Jody, who continue to make a point with their backs against the wall, doing the Lord's work here by both calling out during voting, like, I don't know, I want to say that we're not seeing the votes in the actual order that it happens, that that conversation is chopped up and fed to us in a different order of events, but even if they are the last to speak, the only critique I would give them then is like, hey, yo, try to speak first next time. Like, go ahead and step up and be the first to speak. But again, I don't know that we're seeing it in the exact order it actually happens. Both Kellyanne and Jody, though, are like, hey, just so everyone knows, obviously we're going in, that's fine, but... uh, we should be going for the people that are running this game. They both kind of, without saying their names, call out like, I can't believe these people are running the game again and we're all letting it happen even though there's more of us and they are clearly talking about Wes and Bananas and to some degree Jordan as well. And Jody specifically, my goodness, hats off to this woman, looks at Tori and says, it'll hurt more to hear a vote for him instead of you. So I'll vote for Jordan and Gaz. Fucking amazing. Unbelievable from Jody. Just insane. And really, you know, Danny's got to be sitting there like, goddamn right. Like, geez, like, I can't believe that that's true, what she just said. But I think that is actually true. A burn vote that doesn't matter still hurts a little more for her to hear go against this guy who, again, called her a terrorist. I love Jordan. I I love both of these people, but you just got to point out the facts. He called you a terrorist on national television, and I seem like I can't get over that personally, and it seems like you have no problem getting over it, Um, but uh, maybe maybe you do. Maybe it's just in the best for your game, which is also objectively probably true. Um, So we'll see how that turns out. We'll see who all comes together. We'll discuss a little bit more of who could possibly come together when we get to the predictions at the end of the episode. Finally, we've got to obviously talk a little about Naya and Rodri, and then we got a couple other quick hits from the episode because this episode is... You know, not the final nail in the challenge Argentina cruise coffin, but uh, the third of four in fast, you know, three for three succession here. And Naya is obviously a big part of this episode and an amazing part of this episode. She continues to be so powerful through her vulnerability, sharing her story, sharing the tough times of her life, the growth that has come out of it. And I, for one, appreciate it so very, very much, especially, you know, the you know discussing the health scare but then also just discussing the idea of you know someone who has a lot of opportunity has some good things going for but has you know a little bit of a self-sabotaging mindset that she had to get through and some habits and that is something that a lot of people deal with i think in the world i myself would say i add my per- myself to the list of people that have you know, some of those self-sabotaging habits and things that are the big things to overcome to actually find the success, find the growth in life. And so I really, you know, that was an emotional discussion point for me. And I just totally loved how for the second season in a row, Naya is just opening up her world, showing us everything that there is about herself and her journey and her story and her growth. And it has just been really, really powerful. And that vulnerability matters in a big way and it helps in a big way all those watching and it's an interesting thing to watch too it aids the show in a real way and yes as i said on the preview just objectively speaking if like the most casual fan came through and saw 
the roster for this uh, this season and the the purpose of this season or how it was being built. If someone came through and just objectively was like, hey, she's one of the ones whose resume doesn't really stack up. It doesn't totally make sense with the rest of the cast and this whole theme and idea. I would understand that. It might be true, but I still subjectively love her and appreciated that she got the invite here and was here and again appreciate everything the sharing the vulnerability the performance everything about it so happy she was there and just got to say this episode is yet another testament to why real world portland homecoming needs to happen i've been out of the rumor mill for a little bit right now mid-season you know i'm staying away from all spoiler counts everything like that i know in the past there had been different casts approached about possibly doing the next season of homecoming and that i know the fan community that portland is way up there in the list of groups people would love to see come back and do a homecoming and this is one of those episodes that's just a big testament to you know some this this everything we get from Naya in this episode. Yes, it's wonderful to have some of this in the world of the challenge, but this stuff works really well and is the reason we want to spend some time just with the lives of these people again. It makes perfect sense for Real World Homecoming. The whole Portland cast makes perfect sense for that show. So sign me up, sign them up, give them the bag, whatever you got to do. Let's put that crew back in Portland and film it all and see uh, check in with all of them, Naya included. Rodri, uh, really enjoyed this episode. Felt the same here in this episode about Rodri as I now you know have felt about Hahui and Claudia before, which is to say I'm very excited to finally watch Challenge Argentina. Still haven't got to see it yet. I don't remember when or maybe it already has been dropped on Paramount Plus and I haven't been paying attention, but uh, we're, I'm excited to get to watch that. Rodri, great performance here. Love and appreciate that he points out that like, hey, the language barrier really freaking matters in this house. And it it they might not want it to be talked about that much, but I'm glad that he is pointing out that like it is what it is. Like, you know, it's a game where you need to make friends. And in this group, particularly, you know, half of us are being brought in with this other half that have done this together a bunch. And it's all about making those relationships, making those connections, talking game, talking strategy. And they have a harder time doing that when their English is very much their second language. And, you know, I enjoyed the moments of them sharing their culture, the dance scene, this episode teaching Naya or teaching Tori how to salsa dance. Um, everything Rodri does. I'm just very excited to watch Challenge Argentina. I've enjoyed all of them, even as they've been picked off one by one by one. Then a couple other two just quick hit things. One, Ben, welcome to the world of Casey Clark's partner, baby. Welcome to being Casey Clark's partner. Welcome to zero confessional life, Ben. No hair time for you, my friend. You picked a great partner as far as actually being able to compete but uh, as far as uh, getting screen time, being a memorable character within this cast, best of luck to you. Because so far, my hopes, my long shot hopes of breakout performance, show that personality, you've got it. It's uh, It's gone down the drain completely and utterly. So far, confessional count for Casey through four episodes. Two, two, one, and a zero this episode. So not getting much from there maybe uh you know that's just a little quick check-in on my preseason prediction that i really hoped would be true so far so bad final thing briny fills in love briny they did a great job really impressed really love it glad that we're gonna get to see all of the hosts the only thing i will say about this is it feels like the order should have started with marley for the simple fact that uh 
Challenge Australia folks are doing fine thus far. Briny could come in, you know, three, four episodes from now and still see all of their friends from the show that they hosted. But uh, Marley, not so much. Uh, now we're down to one person from Challenge Argentina. So I feel like they should have got him in there first just uh, so he could have that connection with his, you know, the people from his season. But I love that we're getting to see all of them. Bryony fills in wonderfully loved getting to see the TJ clip of his Hall of Fame induction speech. Shout out to the GOAT, TJ Lavin. And yes, I can't wait for Wrighty to show up. You know, I'm a big Mark Wright fan after Challenge UK. Very excited. Hope he shows up next week. Let's hand out some awards, starting with best quote. We have actual nominees for best quote this week, and that is a wonderful thing to see. First one comes from Darrell, quote, cut my toenails and take a nap, end quote. Really enjoyed the moment between Jody and Darrell. And Sneaky, again, we're going to get to here in one moment in the predictions and power rankings, but there's more numbers on one side than the other, and the other is the one kind of leading the game. And Darrell and Jody were a nice little reminder of there's there's enough connections here. There's enough to make this happen. But, you know, Darrell's got to get the get that grooming and that nap in before he's ready to scheme. And that's as it should be. Second quote from Zara. Quote, I see red. I think a demon came out of me. I mean business. It doesn't matter how big you are. I will still fuck you up. End quote. Man, she's amazing, right? She's just a firecracker. And Wes couldn't have got matched with a better person who is awesome, has personality, but is also totally willing to be the second fiddle, the second in command to Wes calling out all of the shots. Third and final quote goes to Kiki going out on her club nights is like going to a distant cousin's engagement party that you're forced to go to, but we fake fun and we fake friends and quote, she's God, she's an icon that I'm sorry that every time I mention Kiki, the only commentary I have is that she's an icon and she's amazing, but uh, her actions in her words in this case speak for themselves. She's the best. And it was hilarious that we get like a two minute segment of the bar night. And all we get from it is Kiki being like, yeah, this is all bullshit. No one's actually having fun. No one's actually really being friends here. And then we get the Danny bananas convo and we're out. Uh, so yeah, love that best quote. We'll give it to Zara. Next best moment. First nominee, West talking business. His whole success, West the best montage, full Ron Burgundy mode. I'm kind of a big deal. Very entertaining. Like it truly is full Ron Burgundy. The way he's talking about himself and just how entertaining it is. The whole thing. Love, love, love it. Second nominee, Naya sharing the story of her health scare. Uh, the vulnerability, everything we discussed before that little segment that we get of her conversation with Jordan mixed in with the confessional and the background info. That was all really great. Third, the final two rounds of the daily, the head to head matchup between the final two teams was really enjoyable to watch and really exciting to watch. And then fourth and finally, Danny and bananas conversation in the bar. Those are your four nominees for the best moment, but I'm going to give it to I'm a bit of a West guy over here. I am one of those. Again, like I said, if I was on a season with him, I would probably try to end up working for him by the end of it. I love Wes dearly, dearly, dearly. And he has the best moment of the episode or maybe the editing crew. They're one of their montages finally works in a really successful way. So give it to them. As for the episode MVP, fifth place will go Rodri. Again, shout out to him. Very excited to finally dive into Challenge Argentina when Avler it's available. Fourth place will give to Wes. Third will give a combined win to the team of Ben Han Jody. Second place to Naya, but I'm giving the episode MVP over Naya to Danny. I think this episode, if if it was about any one thing in particular, it was about Danny being the leader or the face of the 
I don't want to use the word resistance, uh, but the the coalition, the kangaroo court that is building eventually to go against like, why are we letting Wes and Bananas of all people run this house and run this game? What are we doing here? Danny's the face of that. We get a lot from him this episode. I think it's, you know, it's not a breakout performance because Danny's been a star from, you know, Survivor USA to here. So there's no breakout that needs to happen. But as far as the who might end up being the star or the the kind of early inclinations of who could be an MVP of this season, this episode kind of starts to train my eye on like Danny could not just because I love him so much and he's my tied for number one favorite with Troy, but also because he might actually it could turn into the season where Danny is the focal point of everything. And uh, I think this episode, if, if that happens, we'll look back and be like, this is the episode where it happened. He's the MVP of episode number four. With that, we've come to the predictions portion in which is also going to now be the power rankings portion. We're bringing them back. We do them every single season. We had yet to start this season. You know, after the first two episodes, we were just learning who the teams were. And then for some reason, I didn't incorporate it last week. But here we are. Episode four, never too late to get the leaderboard going. So this is where I see the teams shaking out as of right now. 12 teams remain. And I would rank them in this order based on who I think will win the game mixed with who will make it to the end of the game still weighs as heavily almost as winning the game right now because you got to make it to the end to win. Zara and Wes, they're in the top spot. They're the team to beat in my mind right now. Sarah and Theo sneaky in second still for me above Tori and Danny, Justine and Bananas, Kaz and Jordan. That's your top five, I think. Mostly, again, because Jordan, Bananas, Tori, Wes, that that group seems so solid. Theo seems willing to be a part of that group if Sarah doesn't force him to do something else. But I see Sarah and Theo kind of sneaky in the top of that. After them, Emily and Yes, Casey and Ben, Jeanne and Grant, Amber and Troy, Kiki, Durrell, and then Jody, Ben, Ha, Kelly, and Tristan rounding out the bottom. Again, the two teams I think both politically are on the bottom, obviously have been thrown in repeatedly. And I would say, regardless of if they get themselves out of political hot water and make a longer stay in the game, are the only ones that I would feel pretty surprised by if we got to a final and they were actually in the lead or winning it at the end. Still haven't lost any picks from my finalist picks or top three. That's great. As for predictions I made last week, didn't do so well. One out of three, Nia and Rodrigo getting last. I got that. I thought, though, Theo and Sarah would win. I thought then they would send in Wes and Zara, or it would be at least be a nominated team. Both those were obviously wrong because Wes and Zara won instead of Theo and Sarah, making both of those predictions null and void. Next week, predictions for next week. I think Emily and Yes are going to win the daily, and I think Wes and Zara are going to win the elimination. I think Emily and Yes win the daily. They're willing to put Wes and Zara up, who then get voted in and win subsequently that elimination versus whoever it is against. And I think both of those things will happen, or at least Wes and Zara will get sent in or nominated and picked because I think that an alliance will come to full fruition. The kangaroo court will add some bodies to it, will elect some new members, so to speak, and will bring in and we will see the full formation of the alliance of Darrell and Kiki, Yes and Emily, John A and Grant and Amber and Troy, 
first, which those four are already kind of together. We see six of those eight people in a room making decisions together. That's just the four Australia folks plus their partners there. Darrell Kiki, yes, Emily, John A. Grant, Amber, and Troy. But I think then Jody and Ben Hot need a home. Jody and Darrell, Jody and John A. There could be connections there. Amber all you know needs some friends in this world, and Jody probably willing. So again, all add them in. That's your fifth team. And then I think Kellyanne and Tristan also need a home. And that means that my third and final prediction would be John A. Kellyanne reconcile to some degree to bring Kellyanne and Tristan in. Now you have six of the 12 teams in a voting body together, and you can make some things happen, especially when you've got a Danny out there willing to go rogue on his individual vote. It, it still seems like... Maybe they haven't showed it, but it seems like you get an individual vote possibly in the voting process. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, they, we kind of only see one team member vote, but it seems like they're kind of like both of our votes are for X type of things. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But it also Sarah and Theo are there for the taking to maybe bring over Ben, Casey, probably not, but maybe. But either way, six strong kangaroo court could take control if John A and Kellyanne can reconcile and they can make that part of the equation work so those are your predictions that that reconciliation does happen that emily and yes pull off the win in the daily they then send in wes and zara who subsequently win the elimination so that's all for episode four thanks as always for being here we will be back again next week midday wednesday to talk challenge world championships episode five as always get in touch on instagram at challenge historian Leave a rating or review. Five-star rating, super-duper helpful on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, if you're on Spotify, give a five-star rating as well. I meant to say that the review portion on Apple is the really helpful part, just writing anything. It literally doesn't matter what you write. You can just write one letter, and it actually does algorithmically. I just said that word correct. I did not think that was going to go well. Algorithmically helps out in a big way. So thanks for those who have done that. To anyone who hasn't, feel free. Five-star rating, nice little review, whatever you want to do. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you for being here. I will talk to you next week. Peace.